0: Listening to the Sunday morning service from Harvest Bible Church, we hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Hallelujah. you know, God is uh, amazing, and you folks are amazing. We've a lot of things going on in the world, a lot of things happening, and. Uh, We've got a, a friend of mine that's here this morning. I'm just going to let him get up and only share about 10 minutes or so and, and exhort you because he's from France. And uh, it's Tony Fleet. He's an American, but he's here. It is, uh, but the key is that's where he's been living. How long have you been living there now? 10 years he's been living in Paris, France. I mean, if, of course, we all think Paris was really wonderful and great, but he's been there preaching the gospel, and I think it's like 0.1% that's saved, right, or something like that. So that's an interesting factor. But anyways, uh, I first met uh, Brother Tony Fleege in, in Gilroy. Actually, I met him even before that, but he was pastoring in Gilroy in, in 2000, and uh, so and, and just sharing the love of Jesus, and then God placed it upon his heart to to uh, go as a missionary to France, which is an interesting place to go to. Uh, I don't think he, he, when he left, I don't think he spoke French. But uh, (laughs) we know his wife speaks Portuguese. I know that much, right? And then, but I I you've learned a few things in France, I'm sure in 10 years and those things there, but, uh, but I just wanted to exhort you. He just said, Hey, I'm here. I'm going to be going back to France next week. We've been talking and stuff. I said, well, why don't you just come share a few moments, be a blessing. I said, I can't let you preach the whole thing. I've been gone too long. I got (laughs) to stick around, keep my church here. So, but, uh, let's give a good warm harvest Bible church. Welcome. Brother Tony, come on, man. (laughs) All right, buddy. Thank you. Yeah. good.
1: Hallelujah. It's good to be in the house of the family of God. Amen. Oh, the present, the, the the refreshing. I mean, it's good to meet with Pastor Mark out for lunch, but man, I just wanted to come and be with you. I, that's, was, I drove, you know, I drove in from the Bay Area, we're there for with my in-laws, and I was just driving over here, just anticipating, looking forward, just being in the presence of the family of God. This is so rewarding. This is so rich. This is so good. And the anointing and the freedom that is here. Oh, Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. Glory. God. Oh, and it's so needed around the world. This, the, you know, this is a, an oasis. This is a, a privilege to have a place of faith that you can receive and, 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 and come and go from. And this church has a world vision. And uh, we're so thankful for family. Thank you for Pastor Mark. Thank you for what he has done and is doing. And uh, so I just wanted to say hello and want you to know that I'm part of your family, the faith family. Hallelujah. Graduated in 92 from RaMA, Then we went to the home church, served there for five years. Then we went to Brazil for four years. Then we went to Gilroy for seven years and now we, or eight years. And then we went, travel for three years. In 2010, we've been to um, France. And so, um, and so I just, you know, I, it's so good to be a part of this work. The vision that you carry The spirit of faith that you have, the the mission to go and teach God's people faith and and spread it throughout the world. This message of faith is vitally important and needed around the world. And I'm honored to be a part of that family to extend and to go forth and, and to come back and give the family of God here a report what God is doing. God is the same there as He is here. He is, you know, He's he, whosoever would be hungry and thirsty, He will fill and satisfy. And He's the same. And some places may be a little harder than others, but you know, eventually, you know, that rain, that rain, that rain keeps coming, and eventually, oh, you start seeing that little that little sprout. Then you start seeing a little bit. It's like, oh, glory to God! God's doing it here in Europe. He is moving in Europe. God. Is pouring out His Spirit, and so we're and and so he, there's a good things that are happening there. We are involved for the first many years. We were a tenant itinerant ministers up and down throughout Europe, going in Germany and, 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 and uh, Spain and Portugal and Italy. It's like going into another state here. You know, you just go. And and so we just continued to preach the word of faith and, and stir, encourage the people and taught in Bible schools and just enc- gave of such as we have, the anointing, the fire of God, amen. <laughs> and so we did that. And so we stayed faithful to that. And as, as we stayed faithful, To that, the Lord, you know, we we started teaching, and then, you know, the pandemic came, and and then, you know, we started teaching online. And, 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 and so through that time, God did a miracle in our life. You know, as I've just heard shortly, God did a miracle when things seem impossible and God will do things that you, you know, seems impossible. And so God was able, you know, to, um, open up a door for us to plan a church there and uh, a word of faith, glory to God church, just like this one here. Amen. That believes the word, believes the anointing, the power of God. And so so uh, you know, if you ever make it over to Europe, you know you got a door, you got a family over there. Come on, more lights—that's a big invitation. Oh, oui, oui, je, je besoin un français. Mais it's not what you think; it's different visiting and living. But praise God—you can see the, the nice things. But man, that 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 intellectual, that mind, that carnal mind. Oh, jarada carabasara. God's word is greater, you know, getting through that carnal mind takes sometimes persistence and they're trying to figure it out and analyze and philosophize and everything. It's like, but you know, God is faithful. He is breaking ground in that nation. He is pouring out his spirit in that nation. And so I just want to say, you know, I covet and desire your prayers. You're not, you know, you got family around the world you have family around the world and you can go into these places and, and just, you know, when you get there, you'll, you'll sense that same spirit there as is, as you have here. Guar- guarantee, if you come visit us, you that same anointing, that fire, the anointing, the, the gifts of the spirit, the desire of God, and to see the world change and people born again. Yeah. Hallelujah! Yeah. And So uh, thank God for that opportunity just to introduce myself and, and just to say hello. My name is Tony. If you ever if you ever wake up going wooshie wee we, wee we, wee 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 we, bonjour oh what's that? That's that means yes 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 good day good morning. And so uh, you know thank God for for the for for the nations and and so I just wanted to say hello. And, you know, God loves God, got a great plan and a purpose for this work here. And so, hallelujah, just, I just want to wait for a moment in the Holy Ghost here. Lord, I just know that your spirit is so real here as we were worshiping you. I just thank you for the gifts of the spirit. Thank you for the word of knowledge, word of wisdom. Father, we desire the gifts, the supernatural impartations, grace deposit as pastor Mark comes father. Father, a man of God that you have sent to this place. Lord, we don't look at the outward man. Father, we desire to pull on that gift. The anointing, Father, the pastor, the prophet, the the apostolic anointing to start works and to equip the saints. And, And Father, we thank you for the gifts that you placed in the body of Christ, pastors. And I thank you for Pastor Mark and this congregation. The light that shines the brightest, shines the farthest. And I thank you for the anointing and the power of your spirit, Lord, that what you're doing here, Lord, it's you are, uh, uh, it's a testimony around the world of your goodness and your grace. And Father, I think I come expecting to hear your word. I come to fellowship with your saints and your people. But, Father, I come with an anticipation for a fresh man, a fresh revelation. A word in season. A word. Don't Oh, those that need help, need direction, you're in the right place and you're at the right time. You come not looking to man, but you come looking to God. And you'll not be disappointed. You'll not be discouraged when you come in faith. When you come in traditions and out of works and and out of duty, you'll be disappointed. But turn your switch of faith on today and look to him for that. Just it may be water, it may be a sea, but God will give the increase to you today. Increase, Lord. This word is so precious. This word of faith is so good and so right. And Lord, we esteem your word above your name. We exalt your word and we humble ourselves to your word. and, And we receive it today with meekness. And so, Father, as he comes and opens up your word and brings the bread of life. Lord, I think that we'll not leave here the same. We'll not leave here the same No, no, we'll leave here changed by the word and by the spirit of God in Jesus name. Amen.
0: Thank you, my friend. Hallelujah. Amen. You can tell he's a fireball guy. He likes to he likes to preach, which is good stuff. It's a blessing and good things. You know, I thank God for people that'll just be crazy enough to go and to do. And, uh, uh, but, uh, you know, and I praise God for friendships. Aren't you glad for people in the body of Christ that you can connect with? Amen. Hey, turn in your Bibles, if you would, to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Because I'm just going to share it. I believe it will supernaturally bless you. I believe it's a word from the Lord. My title is In the World's Eyes. So uh, it's just understanding how we are in the world's eyes and what the church is in the world's eyes. And, uh, uh, you know, many times we look at ourselves through the world's eyes and that messes us all up because we need to look at ourselves through God's eyes. But uh, we're going to share and and talk about things because many times I think what has transpired in our lives, especially over the years, is that uh, uh, we've endeavored to try to make a better world uh, instead of getting the world saved. Thank you for your overwhelming response. But the key is, is truth. Did you know that the Bible talks about us that we we're, were actually supposed to be uh, foreigners and uh, that we're temporary residents and that we are citizens of heaven? Amen? And then on the other side of the coin, and things being here, uh, Paul wrote this to the Corinthian church, and so I want to give you a little background because we're going to begin reading at verse twenty-six here in just a few minutes. But the Corinthian church was, you know, known as the most carnal church. They were a carnal bunch. That means they were fleshly ruled. You know, and like he said, the carnal mind is, you know, and it's, the Bible says the carnal mind is enmity between God, which means it's warring against that. Because we're always trying to figure out God with our own mind. How many of you know the world's trying to figure things out in their own brain, and that's tough? Aren't you glad that God's bigger than your brain? And aren't you glad that God is the one? And God gives us supernatural wisdom, and he does, because he did it. But I want to read to you, and I want to read you this this scripture, and then I want to read it out of an interpretive translation. And understand this. I'm not calling you these names. Okay? I'm just telling you, this is what Paul was stating to the Corinthian church. He was saying, this is what was going on. This is what was taking place. But then he also began to share with them what God was doing in their lives. Amen. And so we need to see ourselves, you know, the way God sees us. We definitely got to see ourselves there. But we've got to understand that we're in this world, but we are not of this world. The things that are around us do not have to affect us hallelujah, like they affect everybody else. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. You you need to understand that we can all have our own land of Goshen. And if you don't understand what that means, you know that when everything bad was happening to the Egyptians, did you know that in the land of Goshen, nothing bad was happening? They had no plagues in the land of Goshen. The 10 plagues that came on all of Egypt, even though Goshen was in Egypt, it didn't come on Goshen. Now, the last plague they had, what did they have to do? They had to put the blood. They had to do the they had to apply the blood on the last one. God protected them from the nine. Didn't happen on the nine. But then on the last one, God said, Here's what you got to do now. Aren't you glad for the blood of Jesus? Amen. Yes. Glory to God. All right, here um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. And I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation, then I'm going to read out of the Interpreted Translation. It says, remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. He chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. Therefore, as the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. Amen? Now I'm going to read to this, and this interpretive translation comes from, from Rick Renner, who goes into all is a Greek scholar, but it's, the reason I want to share these words with you is because the world, you know, who cares if the world treats you in a, in a manner thinking that you don't know what you're talking about? Because I'm going to give you some things today that you've got to grab a hold of. This isn't going to be able to fight this. You've got to be able to understand how you're supposed to think and how you're supposed to believe. Because if you don't do this, if you don't stand, and if you don't know how you believe about something, the devil, the devil can come in. He can deceive you. But if you're fully persuaded, if you know what the Word of God says and you know what you believe about it, then it doesn't matter what anybody else believes about it. Do you know how you can tell the difference between truth and a lie? Truth is not afraid to be criticized truth is not afraid when someone says I totally disagree with you I think what you think and what you believe is totally dumb and you just smile See a lie you've got to defend it Anytime you think you have to defend something you don't know it Sorry truth Well, we're supposed to be, no, we don't give in defense of the gospel. The gospel can stand on its own. God's word stands on its own. It's not to be, it's not your opinion, my opinion, anybody else's opinion. Who cares about your opinion or my opinion? I never preach my opinion. I don't ever preach what I think. I always preach what I know. Let you do your own thinking because when I grew up preaching and teaching, I've been doing this way too long. You know, when I first started, I, you know, he talked about the word. Of, when we came in and doing this thing, we were all the heretics. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, you know, people would come in. They would come in to, to, to try to disprove me. They would come in and try to argue with me. Whole groups of them then they'd, you know, other people would come in and then they'd say, well, we're going to put a curse on you. And I'd say, be my guest. (laughs) You can't curse whom God, what God's blessed. I I don't matter. See, I'm not preaching what I think. See, that's the difference. That's what happens to folks is they get caught up in things. Now, let me read this to you because I qualify in all of these remarks here, okay? You may not, but I'm going to take, you know, but I thank God that uh, I didn't have to stay there. Here's what it says. It says, For you see your calling, brothers, how not many of you were especially bright or educated or enlightened according to the world's standards. Not many of you were impressive. Not many of you came from high ranking families or from the upper crust of society. Instead, God selected people who were idiots in the world's view, okay? And I'm not calling you this, okay? I'm talking about me right now. In fact, the world sees them as imbeciles, jerks, real twerps. Yet God is using them to utterly confound those who seem smart in the world's eyes. God has chosen people Whom the world finds laughable. And through them he is confounding those who think they are so high and mighty. God chose the low class, second rate, common, average, run of the mill people. Those so low that the world doesn't even think they're worth the time of day. These are the ones whom God has chosen. So if you think that you don't qualify, you're this or that, if you think, if you have the Gideon syndrome, how many of you know what the Gideon syndrome is? The angel appears to Gideon behind the threshing, and he says, mighty man of valor. And Gideon goes, dude, who are you talking about? (sighs) Who are you talking about? You know, and he he addresses him like that. And then Gideon turns around and says, where is this God? That sounds like a lot of folks today. Where is God? Where is the God that we heard about? About the God that did this and the God that did that. Where is this God? You know? And God, then the angel says, God's chosen you, mighty man of Adam, God. God's chosen you to deliver uh, uh, the Midianites and deliver your hand out of the Midianites. He said, Oh, no, 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 no. Not me. I come from the lowest family of the lowest tribe, which means I'm on the wrong side of the tracks. You don't understand. I, like Moses, I stutter. I can't even talk. Okay. We always look at the insignificant of our own to so see are you looking at yourself through the world's eyes or are you looking at yourself through God's eyes? God takes the foolish things of the world and he confounds the wise with it. God does supernatural things here. Amen. He does supernatural stuff. You say, Well, I'm not this way, I'm educated. Praise God. I'm not saying that, what I'm saying is that God is not going by what we can do naturally. He's going by what we can take hold and look and see. God wants to use each and every one of us. He wants us to touch lives. And you know, when God speaks to our hearts to do things, or if our hearts to, to share, or speaks to our heart about anything, it's always bigger than us. Because if we can do it, we can just do it. But when it's bigger, we need God's help. Amen? God has amazing plans for us. This is the greatest hour of the church. And it's the greatest persecution that any of us have ever ever had in our lifetime. It's the. I mean, we have got a war in our nation, a war against everything. They don't. They don't want you to be here. They don't want you to. That's why this is a place in an oasis. It is a place of freedom. It's a place where we can worship, and we're going to continue to worship as long as I'm alive. Hallelujah. Go with me if you want. I'm, but I want to give you uh, uh, what how God sees you. Go to First uh, Peter chapter two. Go to First Peter chapter two. Hallelujah. <clears throat> First Peter chapter two. We're going to read verse nine through twelve. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He said this, and I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation again. He says, "But you are not like that." Talking about what was going on before those uh, uh, taking place. He says, "For you are a chosen people. Yeah. You're chosen. <laughs> God chose you. Amen. You are a royal priest. You know, we talked about we're no longer a beggar, but we're royalty." I like that. I was just going, but here's the thing, is that we are. God made us kings and priests, is what Revelation chapter 5 says. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. We're to take hold of the word of God and change our perspective about who we are. And quit thinking that everybody else knows more than we do. Come on. Come on. If you're born again then you know more than the PhD, MD, XB, XYZ, okay? Because you got God in you. You got the Holy Spirit in you. You got God in you. Stop letting facts or this or this or this. Know what's in your heart. Know what. You know it is. You may not know. They can go and say all they can. But you know in your heart what to do. And I'm not telling you what to do or do this. thing. I'm telling you know in your heart. If it's not a faith, it's sin. So, if you can't do it with the right heart, if you don't, you gotta know in your heart. Amen. Amen. See, when I'm looking at the world, I'm not looking at you through the world's eyes, I'm looking at through God's eyes. Man, I've always been criticized by people oh, you just think you're so smart. Oh, you just think you're so good. Oh, you just think you can just do anything. I can't do anything of myself. I'm not smart enough to do anything, but I am super smart because I know the Holy Ghost and he'll make me a genius. He'll show me things to come. He'll speak through me. He'll do that. I just trust him. That's why Moses could say, Moses said, I'm the meekest man on the face of the earth. And you go, well, that doesn't, you're bragging about it. He said, because I can't do nothing unless I listen to what God says. Amen. Now look, look what he says. Let's keep going here. Sorry, I got a little excited right then. Just calm down. Calm down. Hallelujah. Do You're a royal priest. You're a holy nation. God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, and now you have received God's mercy. Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from the worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. That's a big word properly. We're going to get to that maybe. I don't know if we want to step on toes or something. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. Amen? You know, When we understand that we are temporary residents and foreigners, amen, but look at the next phrase I said, to keep away from the worldly desires that weigh wards against your very souls. How do you know that there's so much out there that your mind, your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, your soulish realm can get all cluttered and get all messed up, and you can just get all frustrated in your soul. Amen. And they say, yeah, God, what's going on? What do I need to do? God, how do we do this? God, what's happening? How about this? God, they're saying this, they're doing this, this. You know, I hear about this, I hear about that, I hear it. And you can just get your soul all messed up. So it says, well, how do I do that? You know, the Bible says that it's only the word of God can divide between your soul and your spirit. Only the word of God. It's only scripture. It's only scripture. Amen. So go over to Hebrews chapter six with me. I said, well, you're making us take our Bible." I am. I make you take your Bible. Usually, I quote it to you, and you all just sit there and be smiling. But I'm gonna make you. Gonna, you know, hallelujah. <laughs> glory to God. See, you know what makes you so much smarter than everybody else that doesn't have Jesus is you know what's coming. You say, "I do, Pastor." Yeah, you do. You know what's coming if you read the back of the book. You know if you read the you know what's coming. You, you also know that you win, okay? You know, the, the devil doesn't win. We win, all right? And, and it's like people say, well, why are we? We're, listen, it's a light and darkness battle. It's not about doing this or doing it. It's a light and darkness battle because, you know, you've got to work out your own salvation, but you can't work out a salvation if you don't have salvation. Amen? Just, you know, we can't see ourselves in the world's eyes and we can't do the world view. We've got to do a God view. We've got to see what God is saying to us. Amen. We've got to, and we know that. You know, you, you remember in Acts chapter 4 when they called Peter and John into the Sanhedrin, into the front of the Pharisees, and because, it, you know, they, in Acts chapter 3, the, the lame man at the gate, beautiful, got healed. Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ. A, you know, rise up and walk. And he lifted up and he walked and he went leaping and praising into the temple. You remember that story? So you remember sharing that. And, and, and everybody, got mad cuz the guy got healed. So they called them in and the guy, you know, and they and there was nothing they could do about it. What are we going to do? And they said, you know, we look at Peter and we look at John and the the King James version says these are ignorant and unlearned fishermen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These are these guys, they, don't, they shouldn't even be standing in this place. They shouldn't even be, look at this. They don't know anything. They don't even understand the scriptures. They, they I mean, come on. They, they have no, look at that. They're fishermen. They're lowlife. Look at, they're not this. they don't have anything. But what's the next phrase say? You know what? They've been hanging around Jesus. They've been hanging around Jesus. The Bible says that they took notice that they had been with Jesus. And then they start at, and then Peter and John just said, hey, listen, there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved except for the name of Jesus. Amen? That's the name that's above every name. You know, when you see that and you look at that, you kind of go, wow, wow, you know, look at this. And, and, and the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin, they actually took notice. Man, they've been hanging around Jesus. They've been hanging around those, 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 those wild churches. Man, they've been going to Harvest Bible Church. That's a bad place. <laughs> See, you're dangerous because you can actually sit, tell the truth. You can actually know when somebody's lying. You don't have to be deceived. You know in your heart something's not right. I always like to liken of this is kind of a funny thing, but it's like taking a shower with your socks on. Something ain't right, okay? You just know. It may not, you know, part of it's good, but then the other part, something's wrong with this picture, you know? I mean... We see these things and we look at this because as we see this, you know, I'm, getting, I'm going to get to Hebrews chapter six, I promise. And for all of you who think that I'm going to preach long, I'm a pastor. I'm coming back next week. We're all good, okay? Here's what we have this Is that, uh, isn't it amazing too, when we, we look at how, who God used in the Bible and what God did? You know, I mean, different people all along. But probably one of the most amazing stories, which everybody almost, you could talk to anybody that even doesn't even go to church. But almost everybody knows the story of David and Goliath. I mean, come on, you know, David and Goliath. But just think about that for a moment. You've got a guy 9 feet, 10 feet tall. Man, you know, he's a, he's a warrior from his youth. He's killing everybody. He's got a reputation. All of these things. I mean, he is just uh, the star of stars and in, in, in can defeat. He's got everybody in fear. And God picks a 17-year-old boy. Who's been out tending sheep? Who's never fought a battle in his life except for against a bear and a lion, which we think that's that's pretty cool, you know, and it is pretty cool. But the key is, is God says, <laughs> "Watch." And so when you when God speaks to your heart about do that, you go, well, "God, who am I? What am I?" You're the perfect candidate. You are the perfect candidate. Yeah, but I don't know anything. I don't understand anything. I don't. That's right. You know, because that, that's, remember, Saul tried to put his armor on David, and David said, This is a joke. I, I can't even fit it. Number one, you're a whole head and shoulders taller than me. Yeah, this ain't going to work. And he said, I'm going to do with what I got. And aren't you glad? God's not requiring you to have anything more than what you have, and God's not requiring anything more than who you are. Who you are, because that's who we can reach, the people that are around us. That's who we can take hold of. That's what we can say, hey, let's give up and we can just be who we are. But see, when you're confident in what you believe, amen, you got to be confident in what you believe, Amen. Hallelujah. Now, look at here. In Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 18 and 19, I want to read this to you. I'm going to read it out of the King James Version, and then I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Bible. Hallelujah. Because he said this. That by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, that we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of our soul, both sure and steadfast, and, with, and which entereth into the, that within the veil. Now, I'm going to read you of the Amplified Bible. It says, so this was so that by two unchangeable things, everybody say unchangeable. Amen. By two unchangeable things, his promise, God's promise, and God's oath. Two things that can never change. We've got God's promise, and we got his oath that he says, I will perform it. This is my promise. This is the word, and I'm going to perform my word. There will be a performance of it. Amen. He says, his promise and oath, in which it is impossible for God to lie or for God ever to prove false or deceive us. Amen. I'm going to say that again. For which it is impossible for God ever to prove false or to deceive us. God's not deceiving us. God's not leading us into this crazy thing that he's going to just, look, I'm going to see how you do. God said he'd never leave you. He'd never forsake you. God God is always here. Amen. And then it says we who have fled to him for a refuge might have mighty indwelling strength, mighty indwelling strength and strong encouragement to grasp and hold fast the hope appointed for us and set before us. Now we have this hope. As a sure and steadfast anchor of our soul, it cannot slip, it cannot break down under whoever steps out upon it, it a hope that reaches farther and enters into the very certainty of the presence within the veil. We have a hope, and Jesus is that hope. Amen? Jesus is that hope. He is that amazing hope that we have. Thank God. Hallowed. You know, God sees you as an overcomer. God sees you as more than a conqueror. God sees you as greater as he that is in you than he that's in the world. Amen? So I want to give you five things really quickly that you're going to have to hang on to. And I'm going to do it in a matter of, you know, 12, 14 minutes here. And, uh, and uh, as you know, I always give you so many things and I never finish it anyways, but I try. Okay? Why would I want to shift it? It's because we need to understand how we're supposed to think and, and how we, you know, thinking or seeing in line of what the world is. Don't be looking in the world's eyes. We look foolish. In the world's eyes, it looks like we don't care. In the world's eyes, it looks like we're trying to make a point. And we're not doing any of that because we're seeing ourselves through God's eyes. And he's the one that tells us how to walk, how to talk, and how to act. So that no matter what happens when they try to ridicule, they try to come against you, they try to attack you, that you're going to stand strong. Amen? See, you got to know what you believe and who you believe. Amen? See, see Romans 12, two says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, you know, you know and, and perfect will of God. Amen? We want to be in the perfect will of God. Amen? We want to do what God says to do. But we can't be conformed to the world. It means we've got to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So how am I supposed to think? People get all caught up. Well, I just don't know that. You know, I can't memorize it. No, listen. You just need to understand, how do you think? How do you really think and how do you really believe? See, because this Bible is not to try to be explained. It's to be believed. Amen? You need to believe it. You need to read it, believe it, and try and say, "God, give me, give me instruction But you got number one. You've got to become aware of what you believe. Before I ever went to Bible school. Before I ever did, you know, I was raised in a denominational church. But then I I I got filled with the Holy Spirit. But then you know I got around all kinds of people, and and none of them were filled. So then I went to work for a a sheet metal shop, and we were doing heating and air conditioning and making all the ductwork, and and then going out and installing it in houses and stuff. And uh, every morning I'd get there at five thirty in the morning with two of the most ungodly men you could ever be. You know, they just they neither neither one of them believed in God, and. uh, uh, you know they were just cussing and screaming, and one of the guys he would come in. He wouldn't even didn't even go to sleep because he just come in most of the time drunk, and he just cussing, and cussing. And he was totally an atheist, and and he would just say things and do things, and he would try to see if he could get me to sin, or get me to cuss, do things. And I would did you know I'm 18 years old, but I'm working and doing, and I they come in. The first thing they would do is they you know just. Curse and cuss, and I'd say, Praise God. Hallelujah. (laughs) And they look at me like, You're just, you know, you're this, you're that. But you know, I worked there a solid year before I went to Bible college. That's where I made all my money so I could go. But anyways, after that solid year of working here, the guy who was the atheist did everything else. He actually bought every one of my cheap metal tools. And he cussed me out, giving it to me. He'd say, oh, you need this. I'd be like, cool, you know. And he'd seen you work, and he'd say, you know, and, he, and he, he did, he bought all of my tools. And uh, he say, you know, because I was just a young kid. I didn't know what I was doing, actually. I was just, you know, learning. And uh, anyways, but by the time I got done, when I turned in my notice to go, he was like, he came up to me, and he said this. He said, hey, listen. He said, you know, I've, I, I've done everything I can to get you to deny your faith for a year He said, if there really really is a God, you're about the only one that's ever almost got me to think that there is a God. And that was before I knew anything. I knew one thing I saved. And I knew second thing. I surely didn't want to be like them. (laughs) See, So that meant I needed to get married because neither one of them were married. They were terrible guys. (laughs) So that was the second thing I said, we got to find. Let me give you this here, too. The second thing. See, not only do you got to know how you believe and how you think, is you need to know how God believes and God thinks. You need to know what God said about you. You need to go and see yourself, what God says. People look and say, well, I just can't do this. You know, I'm just No, you can't, but you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Glory to God. You can be this because God said this is how he sees you. We got to get a different picture. See, we got to get ourselves out of seeing ourselves in the world's eyes you got to be aware of how God thinks and how God believes. You say, well, does God believe? <laughs> yeah, God's full of belief. God's full of faith. Amen? Amen. And I really don't even like the word think. Because, you know, in, up in heaven, you know, the Holy Spirit doesn't say, hey, Father, I think. <laughs> Jesus doesn't say, hey, Father, I think. They never disagree. They don't have to think. They don't, guys. So when you think we need to find out how God thinks, that's just for us to know how we need to renew our mind on what God said is so, because God could care less about what you think about it if you don't act on it. Amen. Amen. It's amazing to me how many people want to analyze, scrutinize, and I just think, thank God, the word of God said it, let's just do it. You know, I'm not the smartest you know, person in the world, and I'm not, and I, but I know what the word of God says, and I thank God for it. God wants us to know what he sees, how he sees us, and what he thinks about us. He said his thoughts for us are amazing. God loves us. He cares. He'll never leave. God has a plan and a purpose for us. Amen? And once you find out what God thinks about you, here's number three. You think about that about you. Focus on his thoughts, not yours. Amen. You focus on what he said about you. Yeah, people are going to think you're crazy. They're going to think, well, who do you think you are? It's how much time you got. I, I need somebody to talk to. I need somebody to confess my faith to. I need to tell you that I'm, I, I'm born again, spirit-filled, full of life. Hallelujah. I need to tell you that greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. That God said, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm an overcomer in this life. That God said, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. Hallelujah. God said he's directing my steps. God's my father. Hallelujah. And I'm his child. Hallelujah. And he lives in me. He lives big. He's my God. Hallelujah. And, he, and it don't matter. I mean, you know, by that time they usually ran off. But the key is, is that, you know, hallelujah. Because here's something that most people don't do. This is the fourth thing. I'm going to do it really quickly. The fourth thing is you need to practice it. And if you can't practice on people, practice in the mirror on yourself. Because you'll be your own worst critic. You get up in the morning, you say, God lives in that man, or God lives in that woman. And you look at yourself and you go, wow! But anyway, <laughs> you say, yo, here we go. But that's okay. Because you're not looking at the outward appearance, you're at the inward. They say, you know what, thank you, Father, that you're directing my steps today. Thank you that you've made me a conqueror. You've made me I I didn't make myself. I'm strong in you and, and, and the power that you give me. And you're going to direct. You're going to and you're going to give me words to speak. You're going to show me things to come today. Hallelujah! It's going to be a glory. Say, let me be a, a blessing. Make me a blessing to touch lives. You begin to practice the present, practice so that when when somebody says, "You wearing that old thing again?" I saw that last year on you. Did you fix your hair today? That little hair don't look too good. I cut you late, which that should never happen, but that's okay. Oh, you you can't do this. You can't do that. It don't bother you at all. They think I don't think they. I think there's something wrong with them because I've been trying to get at them all day and they're happy. But, you know, Amen. See, we, we look at this. We practice these things about what God thinks about us and say, well, how long do I have to practice? Till you think they're your own. Till they think that, you're, that you actually go, I think I believe this. Lord, I think I do believe that. I think I'm seeing this. See, Philemon, verse only one book, and only one chapter in Philemon. Philemon, verse 6 says that the communication of your faith may become effectual or may become powerful, that the communication of your faith may become effectual. How does it become effectual? Paul said this. He said, by the acknowledging of every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus. You acknowledge every good thing, not bad thing. We all know how bad you are. You, you know, you, we can see that. We can see actions. We can see things. But you've got to change those. You've got to acknowledge every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus. He said there's so many good things that are on the inside of you. Hallelujah. See, because once you put it into practice, once you start doing it, and all of a sudden it becomes yours, then here's the fourth or the fifth thing is you'll live it. You get it, you get it, you know. I used to share, that I have a little saying, that I, and it's a sermon I preached a long time ago, and I've preached it a lot, but it, it's just four things that really, hit. if you'll get it in your prayer life, you know, you know, amen, you get it in your thought life, your prayer life, your praise life, it'll become a way of life, right. okay? So if we can get you to think about yourself the right way, then you'll start talking about yourself the right way, then you'll start doing the right things, and you'll start getting the right results. Because folks, the world needs you and I now more than ever. They need a positive voice. They need a voice of faith. They need a voice that believes that God's going to take care of them, that. God's going They need a voice that's not in fear everything is based on fear and anything that's based on fear is not of God. And anytime somebody tells you that it's not, oh, it's not this, you know, we're trying to do it for your safety. It's all about what, your safety. Anytime somebody's criticizing, trying to cram something down for your safety, understand this, that, you know, you're in trouble if you try to get it. Okay? The problem is, you say, oh, now you're trying, no, I'm just sharing with you, is that they think they're right. Don't be mad at them. Don't be mad at them because they actually believe that they're doing the right thing they think because they're so afraid of you. (laughs) See, you have to understand the spirit of the world is not, well, why don't we just get along? Yeah, you can do your thing, I can do my thing. That's not the spirit of the world anymore, it never was. Because, see, the spirit of the devil is is simply, no, you can't. His envy and jealousy says, if I can't have it, neither can you. If I can't have freedom, neither can you. If I can't have faith, then I don't want you. I want you to have fear with me. It has to, it has to be. And that's the way that people want. But you can't get mad at them. You just love them. Let the word of God, you take hold. See, here's the thing about it. This process, these five things, you're going to have to do those over and over and over again. Because there are going to be circumstances. As soon as you leave this church today... There's going to be two greeters at the door that, that meet you. Two greeters. One's going to be faith or the Holy Spirit that says, man, that was really good. I'm going to talk about that. Next one's going to be the devil because the devil comes immediately to steal the word of God. He's going to get to, oh, I cut in front of me. What are you doing? I, I was going to take check the pastor's hand before that. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Get in the parking lot. I want to go first. I love you. you know, if you wanna if you wanna test your love walk, you be around here at three o'clock. Oh actually two thirty. Two thirty. Two thirty. There are four hundred parents trying to get their cars in here. And each one won't try and they're parked sideways, upside down. I mean, they're all trying to get here. It's just you know, let's do this. And uh, it's exciting. And if you want an early morning rush, get here right before 8 o'clock. Same thing happens. Twice a day, you don't want to be here. <laughs> it's just, it is what it is. See, we, we need to understand. We've got to understand that we don't need to see ourselves through the world's eyes. Listen, stop trying to get approval from somebody else's brain. Aren't you glad that your happiness is not in me and my happiness is not in you? And your happiness should never be in what somebody thinks about you or your joy. The reason I share this is because we... Got, we've got to stop fighting and bickering, and we've got to stop, stop judging. And we've got to stop. When I say that, we're not doing any of those things in, in, in a sense in the natural, as us as the body of Christ at Harvest Bible Church for here, but it's all the other things that are going out here. Well, they shouldn't do, they didn't. It's like, whew, praise God. They don't know any better than to do what they do. Second thing is, yeah, but these people, are, I, said, I know, but everybody's got to work out their own salvation. If they're a Christian, we need to pray. We need to believe God, God, help them, sustain them, show them. Them, guide them, direct them. Amen. We're not trying to make anybody do anything. Did you know that we can't make you? Because if we can make you, then you can get unmaked. We're trying to get you to be born again. We're trying to get you to be a child of God. We're trying to have, get you a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Be a follower of Jesus to be changed. That's our heart. Because if we can do that, then all of a sudden lights will come on. Good. All right. Because let me just share this one. I don't know if any of you've ever seen the movie Left Behind and all the different things that, that transpired there. But anyways, we were watching that just to do it again, doing some things. And it was in the new one. We were watching the new one and uh, that uh, had it in, and when the two guys were killed around all the and the deception of the, of the Antichrist basically said isn't it a shame and he kills them shoots them just flat out but everybody around him, he's in the shame that they killed each other he shot him and he could, and then everybody who is not saved was like yeah it's a shame that they were totally deceived but the guy that was in there that was saved because there's going to be people that accept Jesus during the tribulation and so who was saved said wait a minute he shot him did you say oh no oh no 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 they killed themselves And you're going, and everybody in the room, you got 20 against one. 20 witnesses that says, no, this is what happened. And you're going, I saw this. Well, maybe I'm crazy because look at the majority. Did you know that wide is the road to hell and narrow is the road to to heaven? See, people get really mad when you preach old line sin or you preach old line, but you know what? We can't do away with the Bible, okay? And we're not trying to. Well, you're just preaching elitism. No, I'm not. I'm preaching that you be born again, that you know. We want everybody to be saved. We want everybody. We love everybody. We're going to pray for it. Like I said, we're going to live with, with unbelieving neighbors. We're going to live and we're going to show them so that no matter what, hallelujah, that God's life is there. That God, why? So that when they stand before the great white throne judgment and God says, hey, he's going to say, no, and then they can say, no, nobody even told me ever about this. Nobody said, they're going to pull back the blinds and they're going to see you and I. And they're going to go, well, I thought they were crazy. You mean you mean they were right? See, that's the saddest thing about it, because people always say, "Well, how can a great God, how can a loving God, ever send anybody to hell?" You need to understand, God's never sent one person to hell. God didn't even send the devil. He made hell and there for the devil and his angels, but Satan's the one that chose it. He's the one that desired to rebel. How many of you know that? That Jesus died for the whole world already. And then he went and preached to those that lived before him. So he's already supplied it. He's already done it, folks. So stop trying to look at yourself through the world's eyes. Stop trying to get approval through the world. Let's look at ourselves through God's eyes. Let's just let God be God. And let's realize we know the truth. And see... The Bible says that you shall know the truth and the truth shall what? Set you free. Free. Isn't it free? It's so free to know that it doesn't matter what somebody says about you. It doesn't matter what somebody believes about you. Amen. Amen. It only matters what you believe in God and what God believes about you. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you. Oh, Lord God, I just thank you and praise you. Father, I, I, I just trust this message gets across because sometimes we look at our past and say, yeah, but you don't know what I've done or you don't know about this. It doesn't matter. If you've been born again, your past is gone. It's covered under the blood. Someone says, yeah, but I messed up even after I got saved. Well, thank God for 1 John 1, 9 that if you confess your sins, you, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Father, as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed right here this morning, our greatest heart's cry is for the world to be saved, the world to be born again, the world to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Father, Jesus came that the world might have life. But Father, we know that even though Jesus died for the whole world, the whole world is not going to be saved or isn't saved because it's only to those who believe. You said that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But then you went on to say that whosoever believes in him would not perish but would have eternal life. Believing, Father, in that word believing is that we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth as Romans says. We make a declaration because when we truly believe something, we act on it. We always do what we really truly believe. That's what we act on. So, Father, I don't know everybody here personally, you know, and intimately to know about their salvation. And even those that are watching, Father, maybe those that tune in and have been and and, and get to this broadcast. And if you're watching and you're here or if you're here under the sound of my voice, I want you to know Jesus loves you. He loves you, and there's nothing you can do about that. It doesn't matter. You can, you can cuss him. You can curse him. You can not believe him. It doesn't matter. His love is still there. But if you want to receive that love and you want to be changed, you want to be a new creature in Christ Jesus, hallelujah, and you want to have all, all things become new, then you can accept him. You can believe in your heart. You can confess with your mouth the Lord, and you will be saved. Because the Bible says... Whoever does that, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you're here and you say, you know what? I want to be born again or I want to come back to God. Just raise your hand real high. Let's pray because you got to say it. You got to do. That. That's why we lead in prayer. It's your mouth that salvation is. You can believe, hallelujah, but you got to say it because you got to have actions to it. Hallelujah to Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Lord, thank you. We just believe that everyone's born again. We believe everyone knows Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So, Father, this is about it. This sermon was for us. This exhortation that Brother Tony shared and just shared because, Father, we don't take for granted what you've done at Harvest Bible Church. We don't take for granted what you're doing in sending people all around the world. We don't take for granted, oh, the privileges and the blessing that we have. Father, thank you for these amazing folks. As they go out these doors, they're going out into a mission field. They're going out to let their light shine. Every person they come in contact with, Father, they'll be able to give an answer to the reason of the hope that's within them. They'll be able to share how to, your glory and your grace and your mercy. They'll know how because of their great conduct and their great behavior, they'll be able to touch lives. Lord, that's what we know. And Father, they'll not put themselves down They'll not go, well, I don't know. Yes, they'll know. You'll show them things. They have an unction from the Holy One and they know all things. There's an anointing that abides within them. Lord, we honor you for that. And Father, I thank you for it now. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen and amen.